morning. Hey, this is Jimmy Williams, your Monday morning motivation expert. I'm the only one on the air today with a PhD in positivity and a master's degree of motivation. When you get through listening to today's episode, I assure you, you will be empowered to reach new heights in your life. You'll attain freedoms that you've always desired. And that's the real reason of why we put this show on the air for you. It's so that you can understand that you can live life by your design. It's such an honor today to have our special guest. And before I announce who she is, I just want to say this. This person has so much in common with me, it's uncanny. I've never actually met her in person, but it's amazing how much we are all similar in this great world. And I want us to focus today on those similarities. And don't look for the differences in life. Let's look for what we have in common and make this world a bigger, better, and bolder place for everybody. Isn't that what we are here on this planet to do? And as my life, I've always looked for people just like our guest today to add me, if you will, that little spice of life that I like. I like to encounter people like this. As she has seen places I've not seen. She's written a number of books. We're going to get into those in just a little bit. But also, she is one of those people that has such a dynamic personality. When you finish speaking with them, your feet won't even touch the ground. So with that, let me introduce my special guest today. And it is quite an honor to have Miss Case Lane. Case, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jimmy. Thank you. It's great to be here. Really appreciate it. Man, you are solely welcome. I, I got to say to you that uh, looking over your most recent book that's going to be coming mm -hmm. out just shortly, mm -hmm. I gained a lot of perspective just from the excerpts and things that you had provided me. And I will tell you, this is going to be something that's going to change lives, folks. You're going to have to pick this book up. And if you'll stay with us for listen to the entire show, and in the show notes, you will find a link for free that Case has provided you so you can get some of the important facts out of this book. Now, you're going to want to buy the whole book, but you're going to get some good free information today as well. So, so Case, tell me, though, how did you get into this mode of wanting to be a world mm -hmm. traveler? World travel. Well, that comes, maybe a, a bit of it was just from how, where I come from, where I grew up. Uh, my father's Nigerian, my mother's Jamaican. My, uh, I grew up in England, I was born in England. I grew up in Canada. And so I, and, and I grew up in Manitoba, which has a, a wide range of people from all over the world. So I was just always interested in the whole world. <laughs> I wanted to know more about different countries and people and, and cultures and how we all connect. That's a big thing with me as I travel the world. I look for connections like you. I want to know how we're all connected. And so once I started to travel, it just became like, that's my thing. I, I'm just going to keep traveling. <laughs> well, I've got a goal. I hope yours is the same is I've got a goal of wearing out the passport so quickly that before it expires, I got to get another one. Okay. I'm <laughs> yes, going to exactly. use it up. <laughs> exactly. That's so, what we do. So, so how have you dealt with some of this disruption? And I've talked about mm. this on several episodes, you know, bless her heart. The world has just been turned upside down for a lot of our friends across the world. How are you dealing with this time of isolation and, and, and disruption in your life? Yeah, for me, it's particularly different because I have been for the last couple of years working on an online business. So that means it's usually just me and my laptop working away. Everything is online, dealing with everyone. But then I was always looking forward to a trip. I tend to work for just straight like 
especially if I'm writing, I work straight through three, four months, go, go getting everything. And then I go and I travel. I still keep working while I'm traveling. But of course, you don't, you know, if you've piled up a, a bunch of work ahead of time, you can then enjoy the sights and so on. I was a diplomat in the, in the Canadian Foreign Service. So I have friends all over the world. And that's a great part of it. And I love to just be planning a trip, looking forward to going somewhere. And that's when I spend time with people. That's when I get to reconnect with my friends, spend time just talking and seeing different places. So to be in this position right now, where I'm, again, I'm in work mode, but not, well, I, okay, I'll, I'll confess, I really am planning another trip, but, but I, don't know, I don't know when Folks, it will take place. You heard the truth here. You heard it here. She's really working, but slash going to plan another trip. Okay. Because you know what happens is when you're working all the time, you do need to take a break every now and then. And there's only so much Netflix one could look at. And so you just sort of, so I like to, because every time I do go on a trip, I, I do read my research and so on. So I'm still doing that when I go, okay, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to you know, go online and look up a country and see what I want to see and start preparing. But I have no idea when I'll be able to travel again. And that's that's the tough part about it. Well, I, so I understand if you work for the Foreign Ministry of Canada as a mm-hmm. diplomat, uh, perhaps you can help regain my canceled um, trip to <laughs> Banff that was in Alberta with my oh, wife. Yeah. So oh, yeah, uh, Prime Minister Trudeau shut down. He shut down your borders up in Canada yeah, and yeah. President Trump shut ours down. And so what these two men didn't realize is that we had a great trip plan. So it's really unfortunate what's happening, but hopefully we'll all be traveling again soon. Well, you bet. Tell me a little bit. What got you into wanting to be a diplomat for mm-hmm. the government of Canada? What, what yeah. caused that? Well, again, my interest in all things international and interest in the world and global things. And then um, in university, I was in an international relations course and our professor just happened to say one day, hey, by the way, uh, the foreign service exam is coming up. That's the process. That's the same process the U.S. uses too. It's different exam, but same idea. So you write the foreign service exam. And he said, you know, everybody in this class should at least try it and see what happens. And so I'd never heard of it before. And I thought, okay, yeah, sure, I'll try it. So I, I wrote the exam and got the interview and, and then got the call and saying, okay, you're in. I was like, oh, great. Now I get to see the world. So it was oh, uh, And get paid. Uh, get paid to get see paid. the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the beautiful thing about it is you have such a great background in in foreign relations and also your your lifestyle so far you've been in several countries you got to see that we truly are a common factor among all of us on the Mm -hmm. world what would you say is the one trait or one factor one distinguishing item you've noticed of the different people of the world you've met that shows us we're all more alike than we're different that's a long yeah. question, but what is but it? No, I mean, it's for me, it's gestures. Uh, some of them, okay, in certain countries, not everything, but I've never been anywhere where sort of holding up a, an address, like a, a piece of paper with an address on it, or now your phone with an address on it and pointing it to it. That means the same thing everywhere in the world. <laughs> like, how do I get here? <laughs> Everybody understands that. And that always amazes me that, you know, some, or, or a smile, you know, everybody, that's as far as I've, everywhere I've been, a smile means the same thing everywhere in the world. And that's one thing, that's when you really see the connections between people, when you can make yourself understood. You're on the other side of the world, and just by the way you make some gestures, or you smile, or whatever, you actually are communicating. You don't speak the same language, 
but you speak the human language and that's enough. And you could get out of a jam or you can get out of where you're lost or whatever, because you're able to do that with somebody who doesn't speak your language. And I, that's, uh, you know, I, I've had great experiences all over the world. And that's one of the things that, that is, that's always helped me is to figure out, okay, what gestures are, where, you know, are they going to understand? <laughs> you know, I, you're absolutely right, Kay. So uh, we're in Paris, France. Uh, well, we went from Paris, Normandy. We went all over France, but stayed in Paris for the most part with our family uh, on vacation a few years ago. And I always believe it's good to assimilate to some of the language of the local uh, nation mm-hmm. that you're visiting, right? To, to mm-hmm. show respect to them. So I learned a few phrases in French, mm-hmm. by no means very good at it. But my young, uh, my, the older daughter of our two daughters has a background in French. So she was kind of my interpreter. And she and the people of France were so patient with me as I tried to stumble through this <laughs> <Yes>. language. <laughs> and, and so finally, this young lady, we're at a restaurant, and I'm trying to order virgin pina coladas. My children at that time were underage. Virgin okay. pina coladas. So you can imagine, I'm sitting there talking to a young lady about 25, <laughs> going, virgin, uh, let's see, how to... <laughs> She just kind of turns her head like my dog does, kind of, what is he trying to do? And she just suddenly burst out laughing. I said, what's so funny? Because she goes, oh, I'm from Michigan. I'm here as a student working. (laughs) So, so again, the smile is everywhere, right? The gestures. I love that. I love that. So so tell me about what then, if you left that role of being diplomat, studying international relations, what caused you to want to be a writer? Yeah, you know, I'd always wanted to be a writer. So that's where I started when I was young. Cool. And, and I actually started out looking at journalism. I thought I could be Christiane Amanpour and I'll oh, travel yes. the world and explain the world to everyone. And, um, and I just ended up being a, a, a writer for the government instead and, and sending, you know, my, my reports went back to the government and not to, to, the, to the media. But um, I, so I was always wanting to be a writer. And when, you know, like most people, I did what you're supposed to do, college. And, and going to work and getting a profession and so on. But it was always in the back of my mind. I would always, always writing something. I was writing books and so on, but I wasn't trying to publish it and so on at, at that point. And it wasn't until um, the world of self-publishing became so accessible to writers to publish and then go directly to the audience and just take your work to the community that really wants to read it, that I was really able to start publishing a lot more. But it was just in the back of my mind. I like the idea of trying to make sense of things and so I write fiction and nonfiction. So I like, so on one side with the nonfiction, trying to make sense of things and, and help other people understand. And then with the fiction, trying to imagine new worlds and, sure, and, and sure. how we would evolve into them. Yeah. So you've written, so folks, you got to pick some of these up. She's written some political thrillers, right? Yes. Yeah, and, so very, so, I will say, inspired by my foreign service years, but I won't say based on, I'll say inspired <laughs> by. <laughs> or as they say, based on real events, but make, you know, made some of it up, right? So, so <laughs> tell me a little bit about the writing process for you. So you say, hey, I work for four months hard. I get all the manuscript written, perhaps, mm-hmm. and then go to edit after that. But tell me, how, how do you get the idea from formulating the idea to the book? Because this goes to an online business, folks. This is what I'm talking about. You have to have an idea. So how do you start your writing process from that nugget of an idea to the possible publication of a, of a book? Yeah, so the idea is absolutely critical. And, you know, it's funny, it comes to me in all sorts of ways. People talk about getting an idea in the shower or something. And sometimes I wake up in the morning and some people wake up in the morning and look at their phones to see what email they have. But I actually just use the notepad on my phone to quickly type in ideas that had come to me in the night, you know. <laughs> uh, so what I have, once I sit down to write, um, 
I don't normally sketch out the whole story. I just have a general idea what I want to write about and I just start writing. And then sometimes as that process starts, I'll get some ideas and I'll quickly make notes about, okay, this will happen next and that will happen next. I, in the back of my mind, I have sort of the general idea of a story and how a story unfolds, you know, and, and so on. So I keep that. But the actual, I don't, um, when I'm writing fiction, I don't sketch it all out. It just comes to me. So that's another reason why I feel that this is what I was supposed to be doing because it just right. is, you know, I, I don't get writer's block. I don't have anything like that. When the story is there, when I sit down to write, it just all comes out. What, so do you, do you not define in your mind, hey, I've got a certain protagonist based on someone I met when I was in foreign service and I want to use them as kind of the figure of what I'm going to write about. Have you ever done that? Yeah, not so. Um, the people sometimes, or they're more of a compilation. There's, I'll, I'll say, and I really mean this, not trying to cover it up like they're, if I'm trying to <laughs> written about somebody, but I, I, there's nobody directly the same, but there, I would definitely say there's like compilations of people. But the ideas themselves come from, definitely come from things I have noticed. Um, like uh, my book, Angle of Deception, is around this, you know, this thing that happens that it was certainly based on something that happened when I was in the service and so on. And so I, some of the, those ideas do come, but then the people just unfold as I'm writing. And yeah, and I would say, perhaps it's, again, inspired by. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, so do I, I do need to ask a technical question since you've had foreign service uh, for the nation of Canada. I've got some dear mm -hmm. friends in Toronto, in Alberta, mm -hmm. Vancouver, mm -hmm. all those southern mm -hmm. provinces. I've got some great friends. Uh, have I in any way violated any Canadian law by asking these kinds of particular questions? I don't want any Royal Canadian police, police to come to my house or anything. So, you know. I, <laughs> the anyway. Mounties look at you. I think we're okay. <laughs> Well, let's talk just a little bit then about your book, Recast. I love the title. So what you're, you're, you're saying in your book basically is, hey, I have a formula that can help you recast if you're not happy with your life now to the mm -hmm. life you wish. Give me a little bit of background of how you came up with that idea because it's so, don't take this wrong, it's so simple, but it's so genius. <laughs> well, you know, that I, I'm glad you said it that way, actually, um, because that's the problem. It is simple, but nobody talks about it. And then it ends up being how people get derailed. So let me go through it. Um, so recasting, as you're hinting at, you know, if you, I had a career in Hollywood as well, behind the scenes. Now, so I, um, so the term recast, I think people know, is when you replace one actor with another, but it's in the same role, in the same show, in the same movie. And so when you recast yourself, you're you're playing that role in your own life as the person you really want to be. And so that is from whatever you've been doing where you're unhappy, where it's not working, where you can't really get things to the traction that you want to becoming a, in, in the book, of course, an entrepreneur, an online entrepreneur, and really giving yourself these opportunities. And what I have found in talking with people, I've talked with entrepreneurs everywhere and some of the things, you know, a lot of, or I talk with aspiring entrepreneurs as well, and the, and the aspiring seems to hang with them forever because of this not knowing where to start. And so I thought, let me just take it down to the most simple steps that you can use to get started. Because sometimes these little simple things are what give you the momentum to keep going. And so when people, what happens when you go online and say, how do I become an entrepreneur? You're just, all this stuff comes flying at you and all this noise and it's all contradictory. You don't know where to start. So what I do is I say, let's start with some foundational things. Again, you know, where are you going to work? Because I've, so many people say, well, you know, I thought I could work in the kitchen, but the kids were there or, you know, I was going to clear out the basement, but you know, it's been the best and I just couldn't get around to it. So 
I like that's the that's the action number two is just figuring out where you're going to work. And I don't care if it takes you a day or a week to clear out the basement or whatever it is, you stick with that action until you've set up your workspace. And then you go Very on good. to the next one. And these, and then as you're doing that, not only are you signaling to yourself that, okay, I'm, this is for real now because I'm cleaning out the basement for a reason, but you're also signaling to everybody else, you know, this is real. I'm, I'm going to stop talking about becoming an entrepreneur and I'm really going to do it. I love it. And the, the book of, for all of our subscribers and listeners, the book is so easy to follow in terms of its steps from an, an ideation situation where you just got an idea to how it can become your online business. So I want to take you through some of those, if you don't mind today. Yes, go ahead, uh, Just kind of ask some questions, yeah. the details on that excerpt mm-hmm. from the book. So the first thing you said was breathe. Mm-hmm. Tell me how come you came <laughs> up with that? You know, I think where people just jump in without taking a walk, and I should say again, I did everything wrong. <laughs> so this is to make sure <laughs> that you don't have to come up against the same obstacles that I came up. I just rushed right in. I did all these. And then I realized like, hey, I need to take a step back. So when you first start, you really just have to take a moment and tell yourself, all right, I'm really doing it this time. I take a deep breath. I'm going to clear my head. I'm going to work through this. I'm going to make it happen. And especially if you have business ideas in your head, if you're, you know, you're in, a, in an entrepreneurial family and you're not sure if you want to get started, if you're trying to tell you've got an idea and you don't know how to just sort of organize yourself, this is the point where you just take a step back, think, okay, I'm definitely going to do this. I've got the physical stamina to do it. Um, I've sort of looked at the seed. I know what I want. And I've, yes, I'm convinced I'm good. And this might be a five minute exercise for some people. And it might be a week long exercise. Maybe you want to listen to, uh, you know, some Tony Robbins or something to give you some, you know, some excitement. But, but it, this, is, this is the process of getting your mindset. And sometimes the mindset process can be really just knock you off so quickly because you just never really thought about it. You thought, okay, well, I think I'm going to try a business especially right now with things that are a little shaky. And so some people are saying, I'm going to just, I need to do something, but they didn't take a minute to think about it. And then when it doesn't quite work, then they're just like, ah, this is horrible. And then they never come back. And I would really like to encourage people to get started and keep going. I think we need a lot more entrepreneurs in our country and around the world and, you know, self-sufficient, independent people with, with purpose in their lives because you're doing something of value and you're providing solutions for people. So if you just take one second, just tell yourself, yes, you're good to go. You've thought it through. It feels good. You take your deep breath and then you can move on to the next one. I love that. There was a question in your book too. So I've been an entrepreneur since about 1992. So I've okay. been doing this a long time and uh, I'm a wealth, a wealth manager. We have our own company there. I also mm-hmm. speak internationally and, and I'm a writer as well. I've got a book coming out this fall, of course, titled by the same as this podcast. So live a life by design. It tells you our process of how you can get there. But, but you talk about in your book recast about how do you deliver value as an entrepreneur? So mm-hmm. part of that process is, is defining, well, what really is value? So yeah. run me through your mindset of what that section of the book is about of how to deliver value in an online setting. Yes. I, you know, what I remind people, what I like to just think about what we're all doing online, we're searching. We're searching on Google, on right. Amazon, we're so even people are searching on Facebook, even if it's just for two minutes of entertainment. They're searching, searching on YouTube. That's what we're all doing there. And so that means there's a lot of gaps. 
There's a lot that people are looking for. There's a lot of solutions they can't find. So especially, and I always could say, you know, when people say, oh, everything's been done. Well, there's no way it's all been done because all these people are searching, searching, searching. So they're searching for something. So if you could be that person who identifies that gap, why are all these people searching? <laughs> and if you can find, you know, from your own interests and your skills and your hobbies or your education experience, wherever it's coming from for you, if there is something that you see that gap and you see that opportunity and you can help, you have a product or a service that can fill the gap and provide that solution, when people search, they find you and they don't have to search anymore, then you have delivered that value. You've really changed somebody's life in terms of, and it could be, you know, it could be anything. It could be a hobby. It could be something fun, whatever it is, right. but you're giving people that opportunity to find that thing that they're looking for. And you're the one who's delivering it. You know, and I think too many times we make this so difficult when it could be so easy. As I said earlier, mm -hmm. you have given them a step-by-step -step process. The book is recast. We're going to talk some more about it here, but I just want the people listening to understand if you are at all wishing to bring out your passion into a way that can help others in the world and make a dynamic lifestyle for yourself, give you several freedoms in life that you could not have if you were tethered to a company working as an employee or even as an officer of the company. Uh, let's talk a little bit then about a couple other things about research. So you given the book, Recast, hey, you know, I, maybe I've got some ideas, but they're just not really what I think is an idea to take to an online business. But you give them ideas of how to research some things, maybe to build that case for the idea. How, how does that work? Yeah, I always say, you know, if you have a spark of an idea, then it came from somewhere. There's something out there. So, and knowing, you know, the history of inventions, most the famous inventions, which we could never live without today, we're all told that they were bad ideas. So you, right. know, you want to go forward. Now, sometimes there are bad ideas in the world, that's true, but you want to go forward with yours and figure out where it sits. And it's a great idea to just start putting it out there in some incremental way so that you can find out if there is any interest at all. And remember, it's not the folks around you because they might be the ones who are like, oh, you know, you're always talking about a business and here's your latest idea and, you know, it's never going to fly and all that type of thing. Your market is the whole world. <laughs> like most people have access to the internet. And so nowadays when you have an idea, you can put some feelers out online. You can put them in social media. You can run advertising. You can do all these things just to see if any interest is out there. And you might be surprised by how quickly, you know, there is an interest. You'll start getting clicks and that will be a sign to you that you should go forward. You know, and let me mention something too. And when I think of value, value to me, I define a case as something that I take an idea and if I can further process it to a new use, Mm -hmm. then that's a good idea, possibly. That might be Absolutely. the marketplace's need, right? Yep. And so all I've yep. ever done in my career was look at what I call, this is terrible, lame house, but the check writers. Okay. The ones that's going to write the check for it. Hey, is this something, Case, that would be helpful to you? Would it make life simpler? Would it give you more efficiency in life? Mm -hmm. Would it give you more options of how you wish to do things to get to the same place in a less costly way? These are all value items, don't you yeah. agree? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's so critical. And again, People, you, you, in fact, I would even say, look at your own life. I'm sure there's like, not, you know, you, the listening world, um, in terms of what's missing, like what you, you probably, as you walk around, you're in a store and you can't find something or you say, ah, oh, I gotta, you know, I'd rather, I, I, there's a better way this could be done or there's a better service that could be provided or le less expensive or what have you. So you, 
can see this is where all this value is waiting to be put back into the marketplace for people to actually just get you know directly from you because it's all out there. You can see it from the way you interact with people, what people are asking for, what they're talking about. You can see what they're talking about online, what they're searching for. You can see what terms they're searching for. So there's just so many different ways you can understand that there are so many opportunities to do something, to create a business that you can have online. You know, the one thing too that I love about your book is you talk about using varieties of research materials. Don't just go to online and do searches, yeah. read books. What would be, yes. outside of one of your own that you've written, <laughs> <laughs> what would be your most influential book to Case Lane's life if you had to pick just one? What would be that book if the boat was going down and you had to grab mm -hmm. only one book out of your library or lose them all, what book would you grab? Well, uh, okay. Um, I would say I'm going to go with the business answer, but the so I'm going to because I'm going to assume I survived the vote going down. <laughs> but which is the so think and grow rich, which is the first time I Napoleon Hill's book. It's been around for decades now. I think since the Great Depression, but it's the first time that I realized you could have a design life, and you could the first time I realized you could live a life by design that you could actually organize yourself and the things that you're doing and how you see the world. You can give your, you know, you can give yourself affirmations, you can set goals and, and work towards them and just use your own brain to drive yourself forward. This is not something that's taught in school. This is not something I learned growing up. The people I grew up with didn't talk like this. And the surprising thing, of course, is that it works, in the, at least in my sense, the different things I wanted to do that people said, oh, you can't do that. You, you know, I ended up being able to do them anyway. And partly because I just tried, <laughs> you know, I, I would say sure. like probably 100% 100 of the people who told me I couldn't do something and never tried it themselves or didn't know anyone had ever tried it that just came off the top of their heads. But part of it was having that confidence to actually try because I had a formula, so to speak, of, of thinking about how you can make your, your goals and your, your objectives actually come true. So that, that book had a great influence on me that way. I've got to tell you, Elaine, uh, okay, excuse me, that you have said something again that proves that great minds think alike. That's my <laughs> book. So I actually read it annually. Now, that sounds crazy, but for I've yeah, read, read it now it, for 31 yeah. or 32 years. I've read and it I've every read it year. Times, yeah. 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 And, yeah. And the thing about it is he's not put anything in that book that you and I don't know but he gives you a way to think about yeah. those things we do know. Yeah. See the difference? And yeah. so, so tell me from that book, what one item do you think made the most impression on you that said to yourself, Case Lang, you can do this. Now, it's going to be hard <laughs> some days. It's going to be easier others, but I can do this. What, what out of that book did you gain from that? Well, it's the underlying philosophy and spoiler alert, but it's yeah. been out a long time. Is <laughs> that underlying philosophy of thinking that it's about how you think and not just for setting lofty goals or anything like that, but just day to day, how you interact with people. Like you're, you have such a positive energy, Jimmy, you, you know, you're positive with people and so many people just, they start their day grumpy and then they're mean to people and all this. And I thought, you know, if you just think differently, everything that happens, um, somebody hits your car. Okay. Well, you know, yelling and screaming at them is not going to miraculously fix the car while you're standing there. 
Right. But just being rational, thinking it through. Say, okay, I'm going to rearrange my day in my head, get this person's information and move on. Like, and I know a lot of people are probably, ah, that's impossible. You know, that person was not paying attention to all that kind of stuff. But, but you just have to learn this, that reading Think and Grow Rich set me on the whole path around um, success consciousness and, and personal development and so on. So, um, so this did not come to me yesterday, folks. <laughs> you know, it was just right. more of, right. you do, it does take a while. And I understand all the, the sort of the, when people are you know, say, oh, it doesn't work and all these types of things. I understand that. But truly it, it's that underlying, in fact, I think the way, the way that he even presents it in the book, like it's all in here somewhere. You just have to figure it out. And so you spend the book reading like, yes, okay. And I figured it out that it really comes down to how you think. And I just, across the board with everything you do, and it just changes your life when you do that. No, agreed. That's great advice on the book. Think and grow rich, Napoleon mm-hmm. Hill. I will tell you the biggest thing I gained from that, and you're going to laugh. So I'm the youngest of six children, okay. raised up with very little money, but lots of love. Never went hungry, as you can tell by looking at me. I did miss a meal once, though, 1984. <laughs> scarred me forever. I'll, I'll never do that again. But anyway, I, <laughs> anyway, what I was going to say is basically when I read the book, I was in um, – undergrad school because it was it's been about I've been out of of university now undergrad school at least for 31 years or so Mm -hmm. 33 years excuse me so I read it in undergrad school so it's been a while but what do you what I gleaned from that book case that really changed my life I didn't have a bucket to carry my clothes in I didn't hardly have any clothes I mean I was Mm -hmm. a traditional United States college students that didn't have any money literally Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But what I gained from that book, which I found at a, uh, don't laugh, a used bookstore for like 55 cents and I bought it, you know, and uh, yeah, you know, go a gold nugget in the old rough, if you will. Yeah. What I learned from that book, though, was this, that if in fact we want to be successful in life, we cannot pursue success because it will evade us. But we can attract success mm-hmm. by what we put into our mind and how we work with others and react and respond. That's yeah. exactly what you're saying about the car accident. Yeah. So the, yeah. the point I always try to tell people that they come up to me and they, they always accuse me of being a preacher. I don't know how that comes out or I'm just, <laughs> I just have that attitude, I guess, but I'm not a preacher, but what I am is an advocate for treating others with kindness. Mm-hmm. And that is one of my uh, personal virtues as well as our corporate attributes. Yeah. That's so fantastic. That, yeah. That, that's and what that's you get out of the book. Will, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let me ask you a couple other things. I don't want to hold you too long. I know you got no, a lot no, no. in your day, but Great I've got conversation. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> I've got all kinds of questions here. So let me ask a couple of more. If I'm not a technological genius and mm. you're saying I can be an online business entrepreneur, how do I assemble the team? How do I find alternatives for all the technology pieces to this? I just mm-hmm. don't understand technology, but I've got the great idea. I'm so glad you asked that. Yes, that's that's great. Because so one of the reasons I really advocate online entrepreneurship right now for everybody, you know, who's thinking about business is because one, you have the technology resources and two, you have the whole global market as your potential, you know, customer base. And the technology has just come so far in getting easier and easier and easier to use. So and a lot of resources are free. You can certainly start for free and build from there. And because you have access to the global market, if you still don't want to do it on your own, which is fine, you know, not everybody wants to do even, even touch like a web website or anything on their own. 
you could outsource to folks all over the world who are willing to work on helping you with your website, your writing, your editing, your graphics. Like I, I don't have the artistic bone. I, I send that work, you know, off by somebody else will do that for me. Same with my book covers and so on. That's outsourced. And, or you want, let's say you just, you want to be a manager. You're like, well, I've got an idea, but I don't want to do anything at all. So you can set up your own global team that you can manage to manage your idea and getting it out there. So what tends to happen is once you get into this world of online business, you'll realize what do you like to do and not like to do. And then you could figure out where you want to put your personal resources, your personal time and where you want to outsource and manage, let other people and, and pay, you know, again, the, the costs are much lower than they have been in the past because you have access to a globe of work of people who are interested in doing the work. No, absolutely. And one thing I've always had pride in is I, I, I really only want to work. When I first started my company, I had to do things I was not crazy about doing. I'll be honest, we was not passionate at all to do. You probably had to do the same. Starting mm-hmm. out, right? Always. So we got, yeah. got to the point every time I could, I would add someone that had expertise in the area of which I did not even want to grow my yes. expertise or didn't have the passion. So all I work on now, you're going to laugh, is I'm just those things I'm passionate about, talking yeah. to people like Case Lane and learning from them. Yeah. And so uh, I've assembled a team like yourself. It's out there, folks. What she's saying mm-hmm. is absolutely true. Either buy it, build it, uh, do whatever you have to do, but you can be in control of your future with just right. a little bit of thought and reach out. Now, this this world is an open business line if you just want to call it. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, yeah. I should say, you know, I've worked in, I've worked for a small business, the government, I've worked for a private partnership, I think the same one as you, and I've, and I've worked for a big global corporation. So I know what it's like to come out of the workplace and then try and learn the online tools. And so, and if I could, I'm going to say, I know, you know, it's, it's trite to say it, if I could do it, you could do it. But really, I, I want to say that because I started, I took the first course I took was a DIY course, a do-it-yourself course for self-published authors. And it's only because I took that type of course. I didn't know it at the time. I didn't, I thought all, that's how all authors were doing it. I didn't realize about the whole outsourcing it thing. It just happened to be a course that taught everything like self um, how to do landing pages, how to do websites and so on. So I, that's what I learned all that. And I'm so glad I did because even if you want to outsource it later, at least you know what it's, what it takes and you can give yourself, you know, a much better assessment of what it should cost you to outsource it, how long it should take to get things done and so on. So these are great skills to have, to learn. And then when, then as you go through, you just decide how you want to use them. You know, absolutely. So what would you say, uh, Case, is your favorite technical tool you have right now that you either carry in your purse or your your hand or whatever? What is your favorite technical tool that helps keep uh, Case Lane organized on all of her books and businesses she's got going and all these things you do? Yeah, all right. Let's see. I guess what I really like for Myself is, I, I do a lot of uh, email. I have an email list. And so I use a, a tool called ConvertKit, which is organizes my email for the different pieces of my business because I have the writing. So even within the writing, I have the different things. I have different book series, for example. So those are different audiences. And then I have Ready Entrepreneur, which is the other piece of, so I, it allows me just to keep everything straight. And when I'm working and because again, it's writing, emailing is writing. And that's, so that's what I enjoy. I'll do that work myself. And 
I like to keep it as organized as possible. <laughs> so that's how I work through it and actually use that particular tool. So yeah, there's, but there's so many. I, and I've tried a lot of different ones as well. I must say that. So um, I try and help people understand what are some good resources to use. I've got some hints on my website. And I, I try and check out the new ones. A lot of them you can do a free trial. So I'll try them out, see what they're like, just to see what, what people are doing now, what they're evolving to. And I'll also admit to just using some, you know, an Excel spreadsheet and setting up a, a plan, you know, like the old, old school, like that works as well. So you don't have to spend a lot of time and effort and money learning new things, especially when you're first getting started. If you're more comfortable in your old apps and those look good to you and you know how to use them, start there. Again, just start where you are. And then over time, as you get more comfortable or you're ready to spend some money on different things, then you can upgrade to some of these other types of apps as well. So you pulled out the card. So the good old standby for most of us in entrepreneurism is the good old Microsoft Word for mm -hmm. publishing or whatever, or Excel spreadsheets. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I write uh, my books. Sorry, I write my books in a, in a software called Scrivener. But then I, uh, near the end, just before editing, I do put them all in Word, so everything is finished on Word, and it's a Word document that gets uploaded to Amazon. So, <laughs> right. You know, at the end of the day, though, the point she is making, folks, is spot on. There are so many tools out there. Try some of them. Don't just feel like, oh, I tried one, it didn't work, so I give up. That is not how this works. So think about it today. Case, where would we be if Thomas Edison in the United States had, in the New York area had said, you know, I've tried this filament a hundred times, I'm done. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know the number, but I've heard it's like a thousand times he tried it and he, someone came up to him, one of the, uh, uh, the writers for like one of the newspapers and said, well, Mr. Edison, don't you feel like a failure? You've tried this for a thousand times and it didn't mm -hmm. work, but it finally mm -hmm. did work. And he said, oh no, I was successful. And he said, the writer looked at him kind of funny, like, what? And he said, yeah, yeah I found a thousand ways not to do this bulb yes. filament. So I love that aspect. <laughs> Absolutely. And the same is true when you're in your business. I, you know, I don't want to make it sound like it's all going to be easy and, and it's all just so, you know, your, your business will be a big hit overnight. You do have to work at it. And so often the work is just a little tweak here and a little tweak there and just a new iteration or a new, because sometimes you've got a great idea, but your distribution doesn't work or your marketing doesn't work or your, your product's not strong enough. So people are not talking about it. You know, there's different things like that. And so it's that constant iteration every day. So at the end you might, yeah, you from the first idea you have to the one that actually starts selling, you might've done a thousand iterations or more, but that's the only way you're going to find out. You know, you just have to keep going. And that's how most businesses end up. The reason you see most businesses is because somebody kept going and trying different, different approaches. Uh, the absolute truth is you cannot quit at the first wall that comes up, folks. You have got mm -hmm. to keep working. Find a way over, under, around. Use all of those <laughs> phrases to get that wall done. I want to ask you one last question, if I could, mm -hmm. before we talk about the book a little bit and how they can get the book. Um, what does... What does the next three years look like in your mind? Because I know you're a planner like myself. You've got mm -hmm. this stuff mapped out. Not that I know exactly what's going to happen, but I have goals out there. What's, what's one of your biggest, uh, hairiest, audacious goals for Case Lane over the next three to five years? You know, where I'd really like to take everything next is to investing um, with new entrepreneurs and not just in the actual businesses, but in, in the ideas that are going to help change things. You know, we've seen this massive movement, everybody online. And so I still see more 
you know, we need more sort of simple solutions to how to help people function online. And whatever, I want to look at that and what other people are doing and see how we can grow that and make it just more, just, just spread the word to, to more people. Because I think it's quite naturally going to become the future now. Originally, I write future thrillers and I, and in, you know, what I used to call the near future, we were all working online. And now that's right now. And so they take education, you know, there's, there's a lot of opportunity there to get more tools out. Certainly um, to workplace, a lot of young people who are, if you're not good, you know, you don't, you do, if you don't, if you're going to miss the college experience, you're going to do something else. Okay. Start a business. That's what I'm telling them. So start a business. Right. And so make that transition. So I, I really, that's my next thing that I'm thinking about is how, excuse me, how could this work as, um, is in, is investing in some of these great ideas to, to really grow and expand the entire world of online business for more people. I think that is a very admirable approach and great idea for the goal. Folks, the book is titled Recast. That's R-E-C-A-S-T, 10 Practical Actions for Aspiring Entrepreneurs Who Want to Start a Business Online, Live with Purpose, and Achieve Their Dreams. Tell me now, uh, Case, when will the book be available and what platforms may they find it? Yeah, the book's out July 26th, um, so it's out and People can find it on Amazon. You'll find the ebook first, and the audiobook will be following in a couple of weeks. And as you mentioned, just, we're going to have a you should be, have a link that will allow you to download the reader summary for free, so you can get a look at what the ten actions are, and if it interests you, and you can go and then get the book for the details. Yes, absolutely. Be looking for that on the show notes. It will prominently display for the book. And I just want to say thank you today. Case, you have been an awesome, awesome guest. You've given us a lot of things to think about, a lot of value. I wish you the most success as you go through the years, changing the lives of your readers and those that are your subscribers to readyentrepreneur.com. We're going to put that link in our show notes. You can contact Case there for any purpose that she can provide assistance, and we will have that in the show notes. A parting last word, Miss Lane. Yeah, I would just like to encourage everyone, if, you're, if you have a business idea in your head, you think you want to be an entrepreneur, it's floating around, you you know you want to be an entrepreneur, but you don't know how to get started, you know, come, come over to Ready Entrepreneur, come, come and get into these processes, be part of this, of what I think will just be the overall, they will, we'll stop calling it online business and we'll just call it business in the future because that's where we're all going anyway. <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. Thank you so much again for joining me today, Case. It has been Thank truly you. our pleasure. One of the things that I want you to listen as subscribers and listeners to Live a Life by Design is the fact that we bring practical, implementable ideas to you. Learn to capture these ideas, either in your journal, get out your Evernote, a simple even a notepad would work, but just capture these ideas you may hold in your mind now and just takes a little action, the change in your life that you seek so badly. Do not sit down and look for it to come to you. That's not what life is about. Every day it was reminded of me that I get up and there's a herd of gazelle on the safari in Africa and they look at each other and they realize the lion will be chasing them today. It takes action for their day to be fulfilled. And the only thing you have to remember is I do not have to be the fastest of the gazelle. I only have to be the second to the last. Hope you have a great week. Go out, touch the lives of those around you, and do us a big favor. Live your life by design. 
You can get a complete transcript of today's show online at livealifeby.design. If you like the show, please tell your friends and family about it. Also, we would be very appreciative if you would leave a review of the show wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been a Life Master Key production. The program is copyrighted by Jimmy J. Williams and Company. All rights reserved. Our recording engineer is Happy Design Company. Our production assistant is Amy Cotton. Our intern is Brindley.